0: Hello, I'm Meredith Harper. Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black, a podcast where I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it, and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument, because musicians are so cool, and I wanted to be cool, but I found I've talked to a lot of overseas players recently, so I figured it was time to bring back some Australian content. I have a chat to Sugarman Slim, a Sydney-based musician who combines ukulele with bass riffs in a way that'll make you want to jump up and dance. He plays some fantastic songs written by his daughter, and he tells me about his small, mobile rehearsal space. Enjoy! Yeah, it's the new black... Ukulele player, introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Sugarman Slim. I'm based in Sydney, Australia.
0: Hooray! What a great place to be in wonderful, almost COVID-free Australia.
1: <laughs> it's uh, for anyone who's listening and is in other parts of the world. uh Yeah, we're pretty lucky here in Australia. We've pretty got no, pretty much got no COVID. Cases except for in quarantine, so we're we're very fortunate compared with the rest of the world.
0: Mm. We we won't make them too jealous by saying how we can go out and play with other people. Um, It does make people sad, so let's not dwell on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, believe it or not, I've got three gigs this week. So oh
0: wow, how exciting!
1: Yeah, so it's yeah, so it's yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction.
0: So, yeah, so tell me what gigs they are. I'm, I'm curious where you play and what kind of things you do.
1: Okay. Well, apart from playing the ukulele, I also play, I'm also a singer. I also play the trumpet and the trombone. Wow. Um, so the gig, I'm doing a gig tomorrow morning at Coles in Edgecliff playing for the reopening of the shop. Ah! But I'll play my, um, my banjo ukulele. Will come along with me for that one. Yep. So I'll... um. I will use the banjo ukulele on that gig. Then I'm doing uh, some sort of corporate function on Thursday. And once again, uh, when the band's playing, I'll be playing the ukulele in that one. And uh, then I'm doing a wedding on Saturday. And, yeah, definitely. So I'll be playing ukulele at all three gigs. Fantastic.
0: Oh, that's great. It's such a difference to a year ago, isn't it? I guess you were just sitting at home um, playing to Zoom.
1: (laughs) Funny as you say that. A year ago I was making... uh, like while we were in lockdown, I was doing a, uh, putting out a a, a, um, a video every day. I was I did 30 days straight where I posted a video up on YouTube. Wow. And, um, and at the start, all the views were high. And then as it went on, the views sank. At the start, I was getting about 100 views per video. And by the end, I was getting about sort of 10.
0: Oh, so okay. That's we it. Yeah, we've got the idea. We've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one a month is better. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me your story. Um, Can we go back to whenever you first started playing music? Tell me about that. Okay.
1: So the story begins back in when I was about 12 years of age. Um, And there used to be a guy on TV called Norman Gunston. Oh, yes. The Norman Gunston Show. So if you're from overseas, this guy was kind of like a comedy. He did a parody on Tonight Shows. And he was this goofy character who would ask these uh, ridiculous questions. But one of his things was he played the harmonica. And so I loved the Norman Gunston show. And then one day I was at my auntie's place and I saw an ad in the woman's day to send off a, a money order and you'd get a harmonica. and you'd Money get,
0: orders. Wow. Yeah,
1: money orders. you get a... <laughs> You'd get a harmonica and learn to play the easy way. And so I'd learn to play the harmonica by numbers. And I still play a bit of harmonica.
2: Nice.
0: So,
1: and so Norman the Norman Gunston show was, uh, inspired me to want to get into music and that was the first thing I played was the harmonica. But then one episode, he had a harmonica in one of those racks that stick around your neck like um, Bob Dylan would use. And I thought, man, if I get one of those racks, I could play something with my hands, like maybe the guitar. But then I was in a music shop one day buying a new harmonica and I saw a ukulele and a ukulele back in, this is, uh, this would have been about 1978. Probably about 1978, cost me $5. Whoa. So so my first ukulele (laughs) cost me five bucks. And the other $5 costs, that was the cost of the book, learn to play the ukulele. Wow. And so, yeah. And so I thought, oh man, this is awesome. So I got my hum, and I got one of those racks to put the harmonica in. So I put the harmonica in a rack and then I started playing songs. I was playing everything in the key of C. So my harmonica was in the key of C. Yep. The ukulele I tuned to the key of C. I didn't know that other keys existed.
0: <laughs> well, C is generally a good boy key for singing as well. Although, I guess if you're playing harmonica, you weren't singing, I suppose. Well,
1: I wasn't really singing. I was, yeah, I was playing the harmonica, and I was, it was pretty strange if you sort of think back to the times. So, this is, and I was really into all like early Australian bush music. So, things like, I don't know, a common sort of thing would be, say, waltzing Matilda or Click Go the Shears. Yep. Uh, there's a song called the Cat- Catalpa" and another one called On the Bullet Dray" and all that sort of repertoire. And then so I'd go out busking with my harmonica in the rack, my $5 ukulele, <laughs> and I could make $15 in about two hours.
0: Wow. We got your money back on those instruments, didn't you?
1: Yeah, which was pretty. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool thing to do on a Saturday afternoon. And then, uh, then after a while, I sort of found the ukulele wasn't really loud enough. And then I came across these things called banjo ukuleles.
0: Mm, they're loud enough.
1: Yeah, and I thought, and I bought one of them. And the the one I bought was called a Dixie, and I think they still make them. And it was steel, a steel. Banjo-lele, like the the fretboard was all steel. Mm. Uh, it was all um, chrome, chrome steel. Nice. Yeah, so I'd go out and play my ukulele and then I discovered the um, kazoo.
0: Of course. Well, it is the natural friend of the ukulele. Yeah. Although I would think if you got the harmonica, you wouldn't need the kazoo, would you? Well, yeah, but then I'd have
1: both <laughs> and I could do a song on the – and like H.E. Sweet was, um, was like right, – right. So it's been a while since I've played this one
2: right here.
1: You sort of get the idea
0: And you were playing kazoo without a kazoo then Yeah, yeah I was
1: just That's saying. amazing, a bit of a mouth kazoo <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of my, I still do that for my um, vocal warm-ups. Yeah, so um, so picture it. I'm in year nine at high school and I'm bringing my ukulele to school and, like, playing for friends. But, like, no one played the ukulele no. in, the, in the 70s.
0: No, that's right. The ukulele
1: right. Was, was pretty much like a a dead instrument, and uh, people would make reference to Tiny Tim. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I always thought he was garbage. <laughs> well, his ukulele, I mean, he had qualities, but, yeah, he, he didn't really inspire me. Hmm. Yeah, so I, anyway, banged away on my ukulele, and then I bought this really nice, um was a George Formby um, banjo ukulele, and, of course, I learned I go cleaning windows. Yep. you you've, Everyone's familiar with the window cleaning song, George Formby?
0: Yep, I'm pretty sure we all are.
1: Yeah, and then when I was in year 11 at high school, the music teacher saw me playing it and they were doing auditions for the Sydney schools concerts and they said, oh, we think you should and I'm thinking, nobody wants to hear this sort of music. <laughs> this, is just, this is stupid. Anyway, the, the panel came around and there's a whole lot of kids from school were auditioning. It was like a really big deal. And I was the only one who got picked. Oh wow! And yeah, and so in year eleven, I performed. I did a performed solo on the concert hall, or in the concert hall on the on the stage, singing "I Go Cleaning Windows" on my banjo ukulele. And um, yeah, at the time, I'm sort of thinking.
0: So, so we just go back then. So, the concert hall. Um, which concert hall are we talking? opera house that's what i thought you meant that's just just make that clear
1: sydney opera house (laughs) concert hall solo performance banjo ukulele i go cleaning windows and i did another song too um i can't remember what the other song i did end up doing two songs i was kind of like an in-between when they were like changing the stage around and i thought oh this is you know this is just the start of it (laughs) except it wasn't um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I just thought, thought I'll be back here, and I'm never been back since. So.
0: Oh, yeah, I was just thinking if you start at the Opera House, I mean, where is there to go?
1: <laughs> you've, yeah, already, you've already, oh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. you already got
0: there, haven't you? Oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so that was the anyway. Then, um, then when I was in year eleven, I thought I should get. I had a kazoo that was shaped like a trombone. Ah, <laughs> nice. And then, so the the music teacher at school said, "Why don't you learn to play a proper?" One of those, so I started playing the trombone, and then um, yeah, that became sort of my serious instrument. And then so I pursued the trombone, and um, after a while, and this is probably getting into the the uh, the late 80s, probably by about 19 sort of, probably about 1988, around 87 maybe 87, 88. I thought, oh, you know, I don't really play the ukulele anymore and that's not really a serious instrument and so I had these beautiful instruments I took them to the secondhand store oh. and sold them
0: oh no <laughs> yeah and
1: and then I ended up becoming a professional musician being a singer and a trombone player and then so um, and then I had you know got got married and had kids and when my kids were in primary school and we're talking this would have been around about 2005. So let's see. So I sold the ukuleles in about, would have been 87. and about 2005, I bought my kids a ukulele. So there's, I, had, I thought, I'll just buy two ukuleles for the kids. And um, anyway, so I bought them and said, oh, look, here's a musical instrument. And then my wife got home from work and she said, oh, how was your day? Oh, yeah, good. I, um, I bought the kids um, a ukulele each. She looked at me, she went stony silent. <laughs> she said, What? I said, oh, No, I thought the kid. I thought it'd be nice for them to have a musical instrument to learn to play. So I bought them a ukulele. She said, That's not a musical instrument. <laughs> That's just a prop for clowns and freaks. <gasps> oh, them fighting words. <laughs> and then, and I was just sort of speechless and thinking, bah, bah. and then the kids heard that and they just thought, Oh, Dad's buying us the this rubbish, we're not, oh. So they, the kids just threw them sort of in the back of the cupboard and never played them. Anyway, fast forward six months and I'm booked for a wedding and the bride rings up and she says, oh, hi, you wouldn't happen to know a ukulele player, would you? Because <laughs> because um, we're having our ceremony. We want to have somewhere over the rainbow. This was just like yeah, 2005. That was like, I think Israel did his... Um, version in the, in the 90s. Anyway, it was in a film and if you, that became like the thing. Yeah. Somewhere over the rainbow, um, particularly for like a, a Broadway. Anyway, so I say to her, oh, yeah, I play the ukulele. I think you haven't played in 15 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, I play the ukulele. Yeah, don't, you You know, just pay me an extra $100 and I'll play it for you, for your ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, hang up the phone and I say, where's those bloody ukuleles? And then so went to the kid's cupboard and uh, there was one down the bottom there, nice sort of bright blue one, and uh, tuned it up and thought, "Oh yeah, and I could play it. I could still remember how to play it." Oh, wow. In the key, in the key of C. Of course, yes. <laughs> and then so that got me back into really, uh, you know, getting into the ukulele, and it's pretty much become a major part of what I do now is the ukulele, but. My wife hates the ukulele. Oh. So, where am I going to practice? <laughs> so, anyway, I used to drive the kids to school. And um, so the, the ukulele stayed in the car. So, every set of traffic lights, quick ukulele. And I'd sort of ah. play through the chords of um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow or whatever. <laughs> what is it? Whatever I'm working on. And pretty much I um, relearned how to play the ukulele in the car driving oh, around. Wow doing errands or whatever
0: <laughs> does your wife still hate the ukulele
1: yeah i still have to bra- go outside to practice <laughs>
0: so. i i feel your pain i live with my grown-up children my daughter hates the ukulele hates uh, yeah. <laughs> at least i have the advantage though that i own the house and she pays no rent so you know she doesn't really get a say in it but it's well i,
1: I only own half of the house
0: mm. it's different when <laughs> it's your wife yeah
1: <laughs> and my wife owns the other half so it's um yeah so um my practice room is my van, which is parked out on the street. Right. So, so it gets it can get pretty hot in summer.
0: Yes, not but ideal.
1: But it's good because you clean out all your pores. You have a sauna <laughs> while you're practicing. So.
0: <laughs> oh well, I think yeah, I think you need to get a, a shed out the back or something.
2: Yeah,
1: that, um, we have talked about that. So that's that would be. a... That would be a good thing. The other thing, too, is I play the trumpet as well. So, You're not, not a quiet instrument. No, the trumpet's very abrasive. Um, yeah. At age 35, I decided to learn to play the trumpet. <laughs> so,
0: so, as a professional musician, then, are you, you still play all the instruments, or you said ukulele is the one you do the most?
1: Um, yeah, well, sadly, okay. So, so when, when all the ukulele was getting really popular, so, you know, um, early 2000s and the ukulele's grown in popularity. And I thought I'm going to like really work on my ukulele playing and have a fantastic repertoire and get gigs in pubs and what have you. But what I found is that when I do a gig in a pub, like do a solo gig in a pub playing ukulele, people love it. And I remember a guy coming up to me one time and saying something about the ukulele, you just can't help but smile when someone plays the ukulele. But the publican, they always want just, they want a guy playing the guitar mm-hmm. and probably with loop pedals. They've all got this sort of narrow idea of if they're going to get a solo artist in, they've got to play the guitar. So it's like, oh, man. So um, I've taught myself to play the guitar so I can I can go in and play a little bit of guitar and then sort of see. yeah, I can play the guitar and then swap over to the ukulele. And then um, so... I could, I can, I have done whole gigs on the guitar, but usually I'd probably do about one third on guitar and two thirds on ukulele. Mm. So,
0: because yeah, once you're in the door, what are they going to do? Take it away? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just really a bit of a token <laughs> thing. Yes, I play guitar, and here's my little guitar. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So, the latest thing I've been doing is um, making bass lines. I was kind of finding that. Um, seemed like it may be a bit thin, the, just the sound of a ukulele and voice. I mean, I'd be happy listening to it, but I was thinking about the, you know, trying to fill it out. And so what I've done is program bass lines. I've got about 120 songs that I can play with these program bass lines. And what it also gives me the chance to do is to work as a two-piece with um, ukulele drums with my bass lines and singing mm. and then actually one that, that um to digress one of the things i've actually found i've specialized in on the ukulele is is playing for people dancing okay
0: um, and that's yeah it's not such a common thing with ukulele no
1: I, I don't know any i haven't seen anyone else really do this so i do gigs i get booked for three-piece gigs and i'll go in there with ukulele and bass and drums so I'll be doing like rock and pop songs, and reggae works really well in that uh, instrumentation. And um, yeah, but getting people dancing—actually, where that came from? To uh, here we go, digressing again. So I'd do weddings, and I've I've done like thousands of weddings in my day. And then you'd be you'd have everyone dancing, and then you'd be thinking you've been we've been playing for an hour. The drummer's like just like. Falling off his drum stool. <laughs> I need a break. I need a break. I'm sort of. And then, so what I'd do is I'd keep playing and I'd do like a 15 or 20 minute solo set, just basically keep going with the momentum. And I couldn't believe I could keep a dance floor full, just me, my mm. ukulele. The dance floor would just keep pumping away. Then the guys would have their break and they'd come back and join me again. I'd, wow. just keep, I'd end up playing for like two and a half hours just straight through.
0: Yeah, that must be tiring. Well,
1: last not last last Saturday, last Saturday, I just to test myself out. Actually, the last two Saturdays, I did these solo gigs out at this place called the Black Bear Barbecue, and I played. It's a three-hour gig, and I did three hours straight through without a break. Wow! So, so um, you start to get a bit tired. Last the last half hour is a bit sort of a, a bit of a push. Yeah. But but yeah, the um, and you, all, your brain gets tired by the. Last half hour, you're starting to play wrong chords and <laughs> and forget the words. Yeah, and that's like you sort of struggle a bit, and it takes you've got to you've, you've got to find your inner Leighton Hewitt. Is, <laughs> Come on! <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, yeah, so the the ukulele is underrated for for people to dance to. That's what that's my opinion.
0: I, I like that concept, and I think you're right. I, I think there should be more dancing to ukulele.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. absolutely, and it's the ukulele is so. um rhythmical so if we and if you
1: um one of my one of my big party show pieces was um sex machine which is translates really well sex machine james brown do you know that one hmm. and and because it's just a it's basically like an e flat nine chord and it's it's kind of like a c minor voicing but just down a couple of frets and it's so easy to um
0: Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's hard not to dance to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's um, and also like all those um, all those kind of reggae sort of grooves. What uh, another one I do is um. Sort of get the idea with that mm. that rhythmic sort of thing that you um and then add bass and drums onto that. It's like
0: yeah, that's all you need. You can't
1: can't sit down. Yeah, <laughs> got to get up.
0: Now tell me about that ukulele. Obviously, that is not one of your children's ukuleles. You did get something better.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. So um <laughs> yeah, this is a Maton. So nice. I had um I had a mate who uh, works with a music distributing company. And uh, first, I was like the endorsee of um, Eddie Finn ukuleles. You ever heard of Eddie Finn?
0: I have, yes.
1: Yeah, and then so um, so I had to play Eddie Finn ukuleles, and that was that was okay. And then um, and then he moved company, and he moved to a different brand. And I won't mention the brand. They're probably okay ukuleles, but the one he gave me from that brand that I was supposed to play it was I don't know. I thought it was rubbish. And uh, so I got, it was kind of like, had really poor intonation, didn't really sound that good, mm. but I was kind of expected to play it because I was the, an endorsee for the product. And I just thought, after a while, I just thought, I've had enough of playing this. I'm just going to get myself up. And I just wanted to get something made in Australia. Yeah. So I got a Maton. Um, it's a tenor. I don't know what, I don't really, I'm not really a big, um, a big sort of gearhead or whatever it's just like yeah this is i really just wanted to buy something that wasn't made in china (laughs) yeah it's fair and like even like the eddie finn ukuleles i had which were like it is an american company they're still all made in china and Mm that's like the even a lot of the top end instruments are all made in china and i just thought i just want to buy something made locally yep so um yeah that's pretty much why i got the the Maton so that's uh,
0: nice yeah.
1: and then I've got yeah I've still got the my banjo Lily is still the Eddie Finn one that I got given so uh... so it's a
2: chunkity
1: chunk I find the ukulele, um, the banjo ukulele really good for all the 1920s music. Yep. So, for example, the gig I'm doing tomorrow, actually even the gig I'm doing on Thursday, Thursday night they're having it supposed to be like a 1920s theme and they've got someone doing the char- dance in the Charleston and flappers and all that sort of stuff. And then so, um, yeah, I'll play the trumpet and the trombone and I'll sing And then when the guitar player takes his um, guitar solo, then I've got the banjo-lele around my neck and then I um, can accompany him while he's playing. It's never a dull moment. No.
0: (laughs) You don't get any time off, do you? (laughs) You're up there all the time playing something. I time off when I die. (laughs) That's right. Sleep when you're dead and all that. Sleep when you're dead, exactly. (laughs) So going back to your bass lines, um, Hmm. I know you've got one there so you can demonstrate that to us.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to so, do that for um, me? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So I will perform this song now. The I give you
0: the
1: um I give you the background on this song. So um so my daughter my daughter's twenty nine and she's a really good songwriter. Although about uh, four years ago she had a brain tumour and um, we pretty much thought that was the end. We um, thought she was going to die, but she um, she had end up having three um, surgeries, three brain surgeries,
0: Man.
1: and um, and it seems like she's um, it's gone and it's not coming back. And this and then anyway, when I when I thought oh God she's going to die, I thought um, I'm going to learn all her songs because mm. so yeah anyway, so I started learning songs she had written sort of well fortunately, you know, it didn't come to that. Yeah. But anyway, this so this particular song that I'm gonna play for you, this is one she wrote after um I think this was after her first round of brain surgery. This is called One Shot. So it's basically a film not a film, it's basically a song song about, you know, you've we've all just got one shot of life. Um and uh you've got to make the most of it basically. And it's kind of like uh chronicles, I guess, what she was feeling at the time. So that's a bit heavy, isn't it? <laughs> it's a, anyway. Oh,
0: well, that's a good reason to write a song.
1: Yeah. Oh, if anybody likes this song um, and wants to record this song, these are, um, I'm kind of like peddling them now for it. So if, if there's any, anyone actually thinks out there thinking, oh, man, I love that song, I'd like to learn it, just send me an email and I'll... Um, send you the chords, I'll send you the words. Um, I do have a clip of it up on uh, YouTube with the words and stuff. But if, you, if, you, if you're interested in learning, I can coach you and help you learn it. Anyway, let's, uh, let's give it a, a run. So this is called One Shot.
2: got... to be the best that I can cuz we've only got one shot we've only got one chance we've only got one life to live the best that we can we've only got one shot we've only got one life we've only got one chance to live the best that we can That we can, that we can, that we can, that we can, that we can. I know that I am strong, but the nights have been so long. And now is my time To embrace all that I am I've got to be the best that I can Cause we've only got one shot We've only got one chance We've only got one life To live the best that we can We've only got one shot We've only got one chance We've only got one life To live the best that we can
0: That's a great song.
1: So yeah, so it's <laughs> I feel moved singing it. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: The great thing with that, I mean, it's obviously so relevant to what she was going through, but that's mm. relevant to everyone in different ways, isn't it? It's it's a it's a great message.
2: Yeah, well, the
1: I mean, she'd come out of her um, first round of brain surgery, and um, you know, and it's it's. So she was 20, how old was she then? She must have only been, was she 26, I think. She was 26. She'd come out of like brain surgery and it's just like I've been given another, I, I could have died, I should have died hmm. um, and I've got another chance of, of living basically and then so it's kind of like there's an optimistic um, edge to it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a great song. And yeah, yeah and that, um i said, the bass line and the, and the drum there, it's everything you need, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, um, I have a lot of fun, like, writing the bass lines and, and coming up with um, things that are, are groovy. That's a, that's a whole other thing. Kind of like producing in a sense, yeah.
0: Yeah. So as well as performing, so you said you teach as well? I teach, but I don't
1: teach much ukulele, which is kind of, um, there's, there's so many people that, teach ukulele but all my students are all trumpet and trombone students oh okay it's a it's a funny thing most of my most of my students are like kids like either primary school or high school kids and they're learning trumpet or trombone whereas whenever i've done like ukulele teaching i've had like a student come like once or twice and i find adults like really flaky (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yeah, so so parents, and I know this from being a parent myself. You don't hesitate to spend money on your own children, but you do hesitate and balk at spending money on yourself.
0: It seems like a real indulgence, doesn't it? Whereas something for your children, you think, oh yeah, that's part of their education. That's important. Yeah,
1: and it's it's yeah, and it's, so that's so that's what I found. It's like that's um, yeah. So so predominantly, all my students are all trumpet, trombone. Or even euphonium students.
0: Oh, euphonium but, you know. as well. You've got all the things you blow in.
1: Yeah, I've got a um I'm starting up this week a um, a group of five Chinese Australian euphonium players.
0: Ah. <laughs> That's, a, That's quite what? a a, a, a um, specific group, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs>
1: and, and apparently there's a, a a a Chinese Australian marching band.
0: Okay. And it seems
1: like the, the euphonium sections not quite Coming up to All scratch, right. Needs work. so they need a yeah. they, they need a bit of help to, to get up to bar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, yeah. Well, you know, it's, what, it's whatever pays the bills,
0: really. Yeah, yeah. So how did you manage last year when when you weren't doing gigs? Um, I was getting
1: JobKeeper, so that kind of like stopped me just completely sinking.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
1: um, I did some I did Zoom concerts for a while, and um. People would donate money to my Zoom concerts, so that was uh, that was nice of them to do that. Yeah, a lot of sitting around and uh, staring at my navel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I tried. Like I said, I tried doing the um, uh, like recording a song a day and putting it on on YouTube, but it all. I think I think everyone was inundated with like uh, online stuff, so it yeah. was probably probably everyone hit that, and it just sort of. Everyone got a bit saturated with the online stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's quite true, actually, because everyone was stuck at home thinking, oh, well, I'll just do what I used to do out in the world online. But um,
1: When things um, quieten down a bit, I I still go out busking. So um, that's the good thing about what I do and being able to work solo and and being a singer and and being able to play ukulele is you just uh, take your little battery-powered amps Go down to um, I usually go down to Newtown and uh, off you go. And you've so you've always got you, you don't really make that much money, but there's always a, an opportunity to go out and play and play to people, which is something that um, I need. <laughs> I, need yeah. to, I need to get that sort of yeah, I re- like if I don't do a gig for a while, I, I, I just have to go out busking, and that's at least I've if you're an actor. Or if you played the French horn in the um, in the Sydney Symphony Orchestra, I don't know what you'd do then. Mm. But with what I do, I've always got some... I can always go out and play, which is a blessing.
0: Yeah. I guess you're not a performer if you don't have an audience, are you? Yeah, well, I
1: guess that's... Yeah, I mean, that's... You play... I play sitting out in the van and it's really not... It's never the same as actually when you're playing to people. Even if people are just walking past or... You, it's still... It's still never is the same as actually performing.
0: So you said you had another song to play for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is another one of my daughter's songs. This one's um this is a pre this is a pre brain tumor song. This is a, a cheerful one. <laughs> this is a love song. It's just I really like this one. This is a it's a, a you'll know, just basically describe it as a beautiful song. So falling in love is a really vulnerable thing to that we do. We really make ourselves vulnerable by falling in love. And then, so often you'll decide I'm not going to go down that avenue. I'm, I don't want to. I want to resist that. But then, it just happens, and that's why it's called you fall in love. Is because it's something that happens <laughs> by accident. Yeah. All right. Here we go.
2: In your eyes tonight, will you come and find me? If I get scared of my heart and hide, would you please assure me that there is nothing to fear? Cause maybe this time is for real. Cause you want sweet, honest passion, baby. You want like sweet summer rain Away in into my heart and you ignite everything from within and I have nothing to fear cause for the first time everything's clear cause you are sweet honest passion baby you are like sweet summer rain yeah you Oh, sweet, honest best to me
0: Awesome, that's a great song Oh, thank you
2: Well, like like
1: I was saying before Like, yeah, if anyone wants to record any of these <laughs> I'm on the pedal
2: <laughs> I can write well, the chords I'll... out for
0: you Yeah, anyway. like I'll put all the links to that in the show notes So if people sure. want to get in touch okay. with you They'll be able to do that Yeah, yeah uh, No, it's a great song All right, well, I think we're up to the last question Which is, how has ukulele changed your life?
1: How has the ukulele changed my life? Um, I'm going to answer that in two bits. So first, before we go on to the ukulele, the, well, ukulele for me has been a stepping stone into music. Um, so like I was saying at the start, start on the harmonica, then onto the ukulele. And it was really, um, I was completely self-taught with when I started into music. And um, I think music has been, like, the human's most valuable contribution to this world and, and the planet. It's like every culture has some form of music. And um, it's the most uplifting thing, I think, that, that you can find. I mean, it's, if you've ever sung in a choir... You know how uplifting it is. If you've ever played in a band, you know how uplifting it is it is. You go shopping at the local um, supermarket, there's music playing to to make you feel uplifted so you'll buy more of their of their stock. So yeah, so so music is like I think is the most valuable thing we have. And and like I was saying, the ukulele for me has been that stepping stone into that. Um, now the other part of my answer is with the ukulele specifically, it's such a wonderful way that we can connect with each other. I mean, I'm talking to you now. I've done, I did uh, a few blog posts about other ukulele players around the world, and um, there'd be someone. There's a guy I did an interview with who's in Argentina. Wow! So he can he can barely speak any English. His wife can speak a bit of English. I teed up an interview, and interviewed over Zoom. Did an interview with, on Zoom. So here's a guy on the other side of the world that I would never have any contact with, would never know who he is. But through the ukulele, we've connected. We send messages to each other, you know, via Instagram and and what have you. It's just like that's just incredible. Like the I went to Japan on a holiday, and the ukulele fits fit into my bag. Yeah. So stick the ukulele in my traveling bag and then went to a bar. There's a band playing in a bar. These are guys that can't speak any English. I get the ukulele out, show them that I can play a bit, plug it in, and next thing I'm I'm doing a set.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's so just, cool. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's nuts.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and like another, another bar... Oh, that's right. There was another place in in Japan that I went to a blues jam night. Once again, like a few people can speak a little bit of English. Most of the people know English at all. Even when we said the keys to songs, they said the keys differently to how I said it. So you couldn't even ah. you couldn't even say key of A or key of G. You just look at each other's fingers and the hands, and you start playing. You work out what key you're in. It's incredible. You yeah. Can, um, I've already spoken about practising at the traffic lights. Yes. So so I always keep a ukulele on the passenger seat of the car. Every red light is whatever song I'm working on. I'm working on that song at the red lights.
0: I guess in Sydney you get a few of them. You
1: get quite a few yeah. of them. And there's always someone at the traffic lights and they'll they'll, be, they'll look at you playing and they'll wind their window down. Aren't and you supposed next, to be driving? Pardon? No, this is at the traffic lights. No, yeah, I know the, what you the mean. are red. <laughs> And the next thing is you're singing, like, from your car into their car, a song. Oh, nice. Puts a puts a smile in their face. Yeah. yeah. Thinking, oh, wow, there's this guy just singing ukulele and singing and playing ukulele at the traffic lights. And, you know, what a what a fantastic way to enrich someone's day and, and to, you know, the, the drudgery of driving and getting stuck at traffic lights. And maybe you can just, you know, take some of that drudgery away for for, you know, 30 seconds until the lights go green, you know? Yeah,
0: oh, that's that's amazing. It's so good.
1: It is. And, and like ukulele, is just, it's so portable. It's so small. And you can, like I said, when I went overseas, you just put it in your bag. It fits in the bag and put a few, um, uh, you know, socks and underpants around the <laughs> neck to protect it. Yep. And off you go.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Slim. It's been fantastic. Really good. Thank you
1: for having me um, on your show. Yes,
0: yeah, it's been a pleasure and if you're ever in Canberra, let me know. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Excellent. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. I wanted to play an instrument. Ukulele is a new black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Janine Chandler, Jim Croft, Jasmine Fellows, Paul Marsh, Sandra Shaw and Chris Williams. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. For more information about Slim and to get details of his daughter's songs, go to sugarmanslim.com and check out his music on YouTube. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's episode, there are links in the show notes. You can also go to the Ukulele's The New Black YouTube channel for a playlist with songs relating to today's episode. This podcast please give it a rating or review on apple podcasts Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and please tell your friends share the love episodes are released every second monday and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found i'll be back with another episode in two weeks because it's the new black